0: You're listening to The Whatcom Report, a Bellingham Regional Chamber of Commerce program in partnership with KGMI.
1: Welcome to The Whatcom Report, an interview show presented weekly here on KGMI by the Bellingham Regional Chamber of Commerce. My name is Ray Deck third founder and CEO at Scookum Kids. I, I want to tell you a story that will set up today's topic and guests. A few years ago, uh, I was working on something in our company, Google Drive, and found a spreadsheet that it was just a list of kids, name, and age with a child care center listed next to each of them. That's not strange. We're a foster care agency. So there are lists of children for this reason or that reason stashed all over our Google Drive. But what was odd to me is I didn't recognize a single name on this list. Now, Skookum's grown a lot. I am no longer able to have a special secret handshake with every single child that we care for. But on a list, this was like 30 kids or so, I should recognize at least one name, wouldn't you think? But uh, I didn't. So I started asking around the office about what it was, who were these kids and what was the list from? And one of our intrepid, creative social workers told me that she, and I love and hate this at the same time, had made up some fictional children and placed them on child care waiting lists around the county and that whenever someone called her about one of these fictional children she would quickly try to place an actual real live foster child that sort of kind of matched the description of the fictional child into one of our licensed homes and then use that open child care slot. We were having and still to this day we have a really hard time placing kids because there aren't enough licensed child care slots in our community, particularly to the north and east of Bellingham, that they're just very scarce. So we need the slot in order to make a placement in many homes, but we can't get a slot until we have a child. It's a really bad catch 22. And this was her very creative solution to this problem. Now first of all, marvel at the ingenuity of the Skookum Kids staff. I do that all the time. This is just one example of the can-do attitude that these folks have. And it shouldn't be that hard. It should not work like that. Somehow, we have got to build more childcare. This little you know, anecdote from our office was my wake-up call. After that, I started looking for what work was underway to address our child care shortage. And it wasn't long before I got connected to Heather Flaherty, Meredith Hayes, Emily O'Connor, and Gaio Chagrosso, and others who have been working for years on the first steps toward a solution. The culmination of that effort will appear on the ballot of every Whatcom County voter in November in the form of Proposition 5, the Healthy Children's Fund, which, if passed, would create a dedicated, locally controlled fund, of $8.2 million a year that has specific goals to impact the childcare shortage in our community, has tough accountability so that we all, the tax paying public of Whatcom County can have confidence that we're getting what we decided to buy together. For the median property owner in Whatcom County, this would cost just a little more than $7 a month, but the potential benefit is enormous. And so much good planning has got into this fund that will start feeling its effects right away, and it will reverberate out for generations into the future as even more children benefit every year from what we build together. Both Guy and Emily are joining me today to talk about the Healthy Children's Fund, what's in it, how it works, what we can expect it to accomplish, and how we will know it is working. Stick around, this is really important.
0: What the? The hardwood, the carpeting, everything's soaked.
3: The pipes must have burst.
4: We better call Swans. If you have water damage, call Swans Clean Care and Restoration first. They work with all major insurance companies, and their new infrared thermal imaging technology enables them to detect hidden problems before they cause more damage. Swans is the water damage experts. They even offer ceiling drying for roof leaks. So call Swans today or visit them online at swanscarpetcleaning.com. KGMI News Talk 790 96.5 FM and KGMI.com
1: Welcome back to the Whatcom Report on KGMI News Talk 790. This is Ray Dack, CEO at Skookum Kids serving as host this morning and I'm chatting with Emily O'Connor from Lydia Place and Guy Ochia Grosso from the Bellingham Regional Chamber of Commerce about Proposition Five, the Healthy Children's Fund. Thank you uh, both for taking the time.
0: Thanks for having
1: us. Absolutely. You
3: okay but, about this radio thing, Guy? Are you like you I don't know? Like nervous? it's kind of interesting being on this side of the micro, <laughs> the, this side of the microphone. Is that how we would say that? I don't
0: know. Yeah, but, you're yeah. in the hot seat today.
3: Exactly. Exactly. So let's start with you, Guy.
1: What are you hearing from the business community about the way the <laughs> childcare situation affects, um, you know, businesses' ability to attract and
3: retain skilled employees? Gosh, anytime I get a question uh, about the business community, I think it's really important to to understand that there's so much nuance, right? Like you've seen one business, you've seen one business, not everyone um, is impacted the same way. With that said, there are a few um, aspects to doing business that are pretty universal. And when we think of addressing innovative solutions to community concerns and community issues, uh child care is definitely one of those broad brushstrokes that we engage with on a regular basis. Housing is the other one. And if we have time, I have a Ray Deck story uh that I'll, I'll I'll share a little bit later. But yes, and so child care concerns. And I would say the direct current impact due to a lack of child care is impacting our current workforce. Uh so yes, it is a concern. This isn't this was. Prior to the pandemic, which is I think when the, so many people were like, "Oh, hey, there's a childcare crisis." Yeah, we 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 were we were aware of that for much longer than just three years.
1: You're pretty well networked with other chambers uh, mm-hmm. around the country. is is this a Is this an everywhere problem or a Whatcom?
3: It is an everywhere problem? problem. Both. It's a both. Um, and how I would define both is yes, post-pandemic it's an everywhere problem. I would argue pre-pandemic, it was becoming an everywhere problem. Uh, So if you think of problems being like a hole in the ground, right, like kind of a a crater or a a hole, an emptiness, a void, everyone's got the void, our void is deeper. Mm. So our problem is so unique to Whatcom County that it deserves a local solution because even if there were a national or federal um, solution coming to the table, which I don't see happening anytime soon, uh, we will still have a much larger issue here. So, both.
1: Hmm. Hmm. Emily, you guys just opened two classrooms of childcare as part of Hard House. It was in you know that project was in partnership with the YMCA. Could you talk about what that process was like? That's you know something I've I've just sort of begin to to explore is what is it like? What does it cost? How do you get the funding to open even a small to medium sized childcare? It's it's like the permitting process is not unlike, you know, um opening a nuclear power plant. <laughs> what right. like what was that like for you guys? What was the total time and and you know um uh how did it go?
0: Yeah, I mean, the total time is almost laughable. It's a project that we uh, sort of conceived of nearly seven years ago and have been working on in bits and, and pieces ever since. Um, it is really exciting to see it hit the ground. But I will tell you, as it relates to uh, why Proposition 5 is so important, Lydia Place was only able to build Heart House, which is 11 units of permanent supportive housing for families with children experiencing homelessness and on the ground floor, a licensed early learning center operated by the YMCA. Uh, which will provide, we think, 34 licensed spots um, for both residents and the broader community. But the only reason that that project was able to get off of the ground was because of the public dollars invested in. Um, And so from the housing side, the city of Bellingham's home fund helped us build the units as well as the state housing trust fund dollars. Um, and then for childcare, there were a couple of, uh, of of sources just like that. So the state has an Early Learning Facilities Fund that gave us some dollars, as well as a couple of really nice gifts from local um, foundations that are interested in helping make a dent. So that is uh, that really made it pencil out. Otherwise, for sure, you don't get the economy of scale with a tiny center to make it work. Um, and we're able to provide the we were able to build the building for the Y, and then we're able to lease it to them at no cost. And when you take those things out of um, out of the running, it still is really hard from a month to month operations perspective to make that work. The last thing I'll say is that um, Hart House, the early learning center, I think it, it was uh, um, it cost something like a hundred thousand dollars to outfit. Uh, the classrooms and get it off the ground. And that's a barrier that we see oftentimes. It's like, what are those startup costs from the Mm -hmm. building to the equipment? um, And then is when you get to turn your time to the ongoing operations, um, general income and expenses throughout the course of the year. And in each one of those categories, we have a problem in getting these projects off the ground. So we learned a lot with this and are really grateful to the why as a community partner who said, look, we're we're aligned in value and mission. So we're with you on this and we'll do it. But it certainly isn't uh it's not it's not a financial gain for anybody. This is about serving mm. families in our community.
1: That's a just a mind-blowing number. To, so you, to outfit a hundred thousand that's FFE, right? So that's just chairs and tables and equipment and Stuff right Play, that you need. playground
0: equipment and and uh, you know looking at like special licensing requirements. Um, uh, you know, a whole it's like a lot of money in wood chips and special wood chips and just all of those really specific things that are about child safety. Uh, but they're not cheap and they they you know it's really underscored because we were doing it through the tail end of the pandemic when supply and Japan supply and demand was uh, challenging. So those those long waits but also the cost of things has just gone up quite a bit so i don't i i uh, i'm not sure what the sort of math is on average throughout the community of outfitting a new classroom but i do know that's a, a barrier that a lot of our centers face
1: mm. and and prop 5 could help you know provide locally controlled funding at one or more of the steps along this process that so your your specific yeah, example exactly you know there was state money but it was locally matched by private funders and That's right, you know right. capacity of local private funding is is, is somewhat limited okay. Um, and then, you know, once it was built, then it's it's got the classrooms have to yeah. be outfitted. You know,
0: one of the cool things, Ray, that we saw in Hart House, which is such a, a great example of another way that Prop 5 can really be an opportunity for our community, is that um, one of the things that the Home Fund, which is about housing, and it within the city of Bellingham did, is it allowed the Home Fund, once your local commi- your local community has committed sizable dollars to a project, you're then able to attract other investments from outside the community, both public and private. So because Hart House had a commitment from the home fund, we were then able to uh, use that as kind of collateral to go get additional funding to make the project whole. And um, and that's a, another great opportunity that having a dedicated local private um, uh, community source really allows you to maximize those opportunities to bring in additional dollars to the community. Mm.
1: Uh, it's time for a break. So we're going to do that. But when we come back, Guy, I'm going to ask you the $64,000 question, which is, Why doesn't the market just fix it?
5: For 76 years, DeWard & Bodie has been the largest independent appliance and mattress retailer in Whatcom and Skagit Counties. But the truth is, being bigger isn't always better. Being better is better. That's why DeWard & Bodie doesn't only bring you the largest selection of appliances, the largest team of service technicians, and the largest fleet of delivery teams. They bring you the absolute best. The best reviewed and the most reliable major home appliances, barbecues, and mattresses from the industry's leading brands. They service the products they sell. With factory certified technicians, keeping you covered with worry free warranties up to five years. Plus, they offer professional delivery and installation, and they'll even haul away the old stuff. Shopping at DeWard Bodie means supporting local. To celebrate 76 years of their commitment to our community, DeWard Bodie is matching donations up to $10,000 to Whatcom and Skagit County's Blue Skies for Children during their 76th anniversary sale. DeWard Bodie, your original local appliance store since 1946. My name is Marcus Fierta, and I
3: manage a small business here in Whatcom County called Western Solar. Every day I see firsthand the impact good jobs have on the lives of people. Sharon Shoemake is an economist and a mom who brings practical, real-life experience to the State Senate.
0: I became an economist to help people. Now I'm running for State Senate to fix our broken housing market, create jobs, lower taxes on working people, and build an economy that works for everyone.
3: Paid for by People for Sharon, Democrat.
2: The
0: opinions expressed on this
2: program are not necessarily those of KGMI or the Cascade Radio Group.
1: Welcome back to the Watkins Report on KGMI News Talk 790. This is Ray Deck, CEO at Skookum Kids, serving as host. We're talking about Proposition Five, the Healthy Children's Foods Fund, with Emily O'Connor from Lydia Place and some guy from the chamber.
3: Right, some uh,
1: guy. <laughs> some guy. So, guy. Yes. This is the bulk of the Healthy Children's Fund. is about creating more high quality, affordable childcare. And the question mm-hmm. that that people keep asking, I think it's a, it's a really good one and yeah. is worthy of an answer. Why doesn't the market just fix it?
3: Um, I think that's a the true answer to that is really complicated. Uh, but when you look at pure supply and demand, like if you want to boil down, uh, market economics, it comes down to the basics of supply and demand. And there's a lack of capacity, which is why the rate is, is so high, right? And so why would a new business or why would a someone who's wanting to do a business venture not engage in that activity, right? Like that is we're talking basic economics 101 stuff, right? part of it is wage pressures right like to uh, to add child care slots at the rate that they would be affordable for a populace here is not feasible a or is difficult to be feasible especially when you mix a lot of the other nuances that i probably that we probably don't want to get into but i think the easier answer to that Why doesn't the market just fix it? This is a nationwide issue. This isn't a Watkin County Bellingham issue. Given, as we mentioned earlier, we have a deeper issue. Um, This is an everywhere issue. And the market has not fixed it. So that tells me that the market can't fix it for whatever reason. Um, Now, I think we can have market oriented solutions. Uh, And I that's one of the things I'm in favor of this proposition is because we can lean in and assist those private uh, enterprises to get to kind of fill the gap, if you will. But yeah, why doesn't the market fix it? Great question. It hasn't. And it's had years to do it and it's still not happening and it's arguably getting worse. So let's try something different for a change.
1: You know, child. Like I said, child care is the majority of Prop Five. Um, it's the focus. It's getting a lot of the attention. But there's a bunch of other stuff in there too. Um, uh, Emily, could you speak to what 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 the other things are? Like, what are the other things in addition to child care that Proposition Five would do? There's some really smart, targeted investments. It's not very, very much money, but it's it is like really strategic money.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So as you said, the the lion's share of the fund um, is really dedicated toward childcare and addressing this big deficit that we have, um, but also the opportunity that we have to quickly make some of those changes and have a lasting impact on that childcare landscape. But it's not, it doesn't stop there. And the reason it doesn't stop there is because we recognize that uh, some of the, many of the gains that that we see in sending kids to good quality early learning environments are quickly lost if we send them home to a car or to another um, uh, really challenging environment at night. And so we have to be, if we want to be smart about our investment, we have to finish the job. And that means really looking at vulnerable children and families in our community and investing in some targeted, as you said, very specific services and supports that can um, set families and kids. Is up for success for the long term. So in addition to the child care, this fund will focus on three really core areas for vulnerable children and families. And the first will not be at all surprising. It's homelessness prevention, and that's really different from homeless response. Homeless prevention is going upstream. Uh, right now, you know, Lydia Place, we do crisis response. We're responding to families who are already experiencing homelessness. And we have the highest waiting list. I've been in this job nearly 11 years. The, The waiting list is higher than it's ever been during that time. It's about 180 families of backlog on that list who are already homeless. We want with these funds to be able to be really flexible and creative to help keep families housed so that children don't end up um, on uh, uh, intents and and shacks and cars and other places that kids are not meant to be. So that's one of the the key targets of that uh, that piece of Proposition 5. The other two are really building up our behavioral and mental health services for families with children. This is something too that I think the pandemic has really underscored for our community is the need for specialized care for kids throughout Whatcom County. Right now, our community-based services are overwhelmed with request and significantly under-resourced and oftentimes even if you can find a provider our families who live in the rural, as- rural parts of our community can't actually access those services so this fund is going to help uh, re- re- att- attract and retain uh, and train qualified professionals to be able to deliver those services to kids and really work on creative partnerships to get those services out to where families are and where they need them. And then the last component is to focus on those early supports for families. So starting prenatal and looking in that gap right now where we have so many of our kiddos entering kindergarten at age five or six, not fully ready to learn. How do we go up upstream from prenatal through the time they enter that kindergarten door and provide support and wraparound services that are tailored uh, and flexible to meet the needs of families early on. So parenting supports, uh, peer groups, making connections, building those relationships that we all uh, rely on to um, to thrive in our community. So that's that's the core of that um, smaller but equally as important component of the Healthy Children's Fund
1: that, uh, early life, uh, interventions. It it sounds, I mean, in foster care, we, a lot of times will interact with a family and like older sibling is already in foster care. And then there's another child. born, And like, you know, that's a, it's, it's a troubled environment and really you need some kind of I mean, you need a, that, a family needs a lot of support, both to to you know uh, sort of stabilize with a new baby at home and um, to get safe, healthy, clean, and sober, so that right the older kid can come home. That's right. And often those families wait. It just kills me that families like that are on waiting lists. Um, Guy, I see that
3: hand. Yeah, I was going to say, and I'm looking at kind of the the talking points for the show, and this may come in later, but I think Emily mentioned the the stat that I am most Mm, yeah, I could say I am most interested in, and is that that's kindergarten readiness, right? Mm-hmm. This is this, you know, again, when we when we think of, again, I'm going to get nerdy, you want to go into a math class, when we think <laughs> in supply and demand, right? It's an X, Y graph, like the big X on the, the little chart there, and that intersection point. And I think that that's an interesting data set of kindergarten readiness because it really speaks to what I will call the duality of this crisis, right? There is an immediacy, a pain point now in getting, yes, making sure that families are set up and kids are good, but when we think from a business perspective, the business case for childcare, there's the immediate pain point of getting parents back to work, right? That dovetails with that kindergarten readiness because it also provides insight to making sure that we have good outcomes. Um, and so think of this as maybe a works of tomorrow. Uh, and I, I think it really, that kindergarten readiness data set is one of the really important pieces that I think we as a community can and should lean into going forward to making brave um, and maybe even outlandish goals oriented around. Because I think it's you know, one got, data set that we can have really great um, derivatives from.
0: Guy, You said you were going to go nerd, but you didn't actually say what the statistic is. So in Whatcom County, it's about 50% to only 50% of our kiddos enter kindergarten fully ready to learn. And the state benchmark is what, right, 90%, right, like target yeah. is 90%. Yeah. Um, and of course, I'd love to see all kiddos showing up at kindergarten with the yeah and that's what i'm talking about it's kind
3: of outlandish goals like as a community why are we not brave enough to say at 100 of children entering entering kindergarten are ready to learn in that environment like that's it's a really expensive goal i don't know if it's possible but it still should be a goal i love it period i want to get
1: i want to get caught trying
3: yeah, yes. right? Uh, yeah. Like <laughs> gosh, we waste time in bureaucracy talking about a lot less valuable things.
1: Yeah. Okay, let's take another break and when we come back I want to talk about so elections on November 8th, right? Wacom County voters will decide, right? Yes for Wacom Kids, yes on Proposition 5 on November 8th. I want to talk about what happens on November 9th. What's the first things we do when this passes?
2: His commitment to Northwest Washington dates back five generations. Our Congressman Rick Larson. Brought up in a family of eight kids, Rick was raised with the value of hard work. The same way Rick and his wife Tia raised their own two boys. Larson understands the pressures facing families when it comes to the rising cost of living. And why he just passed the new Inflation Relief Act that starts lowering costs by reducing prescription drug prices for Washington seniors. And caps insulin costs at $35. Rick sees the big picture. That's why he just helped pass bipartisan legislation bringing semiconductor manufacturing back to America. Larson's bill eases supply chain issues and means more good paying jobs, all while lowering prices on cars and electronics. Common sense, practical solutions for working families and local business. That's always been Rick's approach to making a difference for growing our local economy. Rick Larson, Congress. I'm Rick Larson and I approve this message. Paid for by citizens to elect Rick Larson.
1: Eat, drink, and be giving. Annually benefiting the children and families at Skookum Kids is back this year and better than ever. On October 28th, we will gather around a seasonally inspired meal at the brand new ballroom at the Hotel Bellwether and be inspired together by the stories of our community's most Skookum children. No sad singer-songwriter here. No way. This is an evening of triumph, of hope, of celebration. And it just won't be the same without you. Get your tickets at scoopumkids.org slash E-D-B-G. Once again, that's Eat, Drink, and Be Giving on October 28th at the Hotel Bellwether, benefiting the families of Skookum Kids. Get tickets at scoopumkids.org slash edbg. We'll see you there.
0: Are you on Medicare? Hi, this is Marcia Neal with Vibrant USA. The Medicare annual enrollment period is underway. This is the time of year to review your Part D prescription drug plan or Medicare Advantage plan and make changes for January 1st. If you need assistance reviewing your plan options this year, give Vibrant USA a call at 866-733-5111. There is never a fee for our service and our friendly agents will be happy to assist you.
4: The latest local news and important topics of the day from the West Mechanical Studio.
2: A properly operating furnace will guarantee that you stay comfortable as the seasons change. Contact West Mechanical Heating, Air Conditioning, and Electric for a system inspection today at westmechanical.net.
4: Get the latest news and information 24-7 with KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM in Bellingham and KGMI.com.
1: Welcome back to the Whatcom Report on KGMI News Talk 790. This is Ray Dack hosting today. I'm talking with Gaio Chucrosso and Emily O'Connor about Proposition 5, Healthy Children's Fund, which will appear on the ballot of every Whatcom County voter in November. Uh, And we were just having a very passionate discussion before commercials about uh, kindergarten readiness and what our aspirations are for kindergarten readiness rates in our community. So I'm gonna pose to both of you Um, uh, you know, November 8th is election day. uh, Voters will choose. What do we do on November 9th? This passes. What are the first projects out the door um, that we're going to do to move the needle on kindergarten readiness and um, uh, and, and child and family well-being here?
0: You know, Ray, we are set up, I think, to really launch and hit the ground running. There has Um, I think most folks will agree that one thing that our community is good at is really analyzing a problem and talking about a problem and planning about a problem, and this is about implementation, right? So we have done that work. We have analyzed and evaluated and interviewed and researched and studied. Um, We've even come up with the plans and the strategies of how do we get from a 5,000-slot deficit to, to making some progress with that. So that's really exciting. There's so much groundwork. The other thing that really catapulted that was the ARPA dollars coming into the system, a large number of which have been dedicated to childcare expansion. And so this whole body of work sets us up on November 9th to start get to get going with implementation. There are shovel ready projects uh, in the queue and in our community sort of waiting for how do we make this pencil out? The, that and that's the good news. We have assets here. We have people who really care about this work and want to do and provide more early learning in our community. and they need the uh, they need the financial support to be able to do that. So I can give you some examples of the types of projects that are shovel ready. So, for example we have early learning providers who have identified a building where they want to expand in a more rural aspect of our community but they don't have the capital to renovate the building so that it meets licensing requirements or to purchase the building uh, we have child care providers who um, would like to expand but they need help training and attracting an additional workforce or helping with some of the wage costs and so these types of projects of this whole body of strategies that's ready to be deployed within the child care sector in our community to help um, get those dollars out into the community right away. And that's a pretty exciting place to be going in on day one for the for the Healthy Children's Fund.
1: A lot of that work was was sort of spearheaded or maybe uh, we we'll call it uh facilitated by the Chamber's partnership with the Opportunity Council and the the uh, uh, Whatcom Center for, let me see if I get it right, Early I can't Learning get Retention, right
3: and There are partners and, and I can't, it's again our something. community's like obsession with uh, acronyms. You know, <laughs> right? So yeah, I just, I've always referred to it as the Child Care Retention and Expansion Center, right?
1: Wait, so which I've was an to... initiative that began pre-pandemic And and really got rolling. And then like a lot of things, COVID sort of,
3: you know, slowed its momentum somewhat. But it changed direction. And so, yeah, I think when this speaks to your earlier question about the chamber's engagement in childcare, right, we have been engaged in this topic for about six years now. It started with a conversation uh, with the team at uh, Child Care Aware, which is run through the Opportunity Council, uh, about, gosh, our, our business community, are they feeling this impact at all? and we put together a simple little survey and asked and i was pretty amazed by the number of impact was it the top issue uh no but it's one of those issues as i was speaking to earlier that hits almost every business um and so that's what started and there were a few other initiatives over the last six years and yes we launched the center in i think january of 2020 to, to again, do some of this work of expansion and recruitment, and then the pandemic hit, and that work really transitioned to keeping as many slots as we could. Right. So it, it became a retention, uh, keeping what you had not an expansion or a recruitment effort. Um, and I think that really speaks to that Ray Deck story that I promised I would tell. And so this was oh, right great. about that. Yay. I can't wait to hear,
1: I can't wait to hear yeah. this one. Yeah. <laughs> I don't and know so, which one this
3: is. This is the Leadership <laughs> Whatcom. And so Ray is an alumni of our Leadership Whatcom program. Uh, and this was probably about, gosh, five or six years ago as well. And one of the, the components of Leadership Whatcom is having sometimes brave conversations, like tackling community issues. And. I think we were talking about housing and I'm quoting Ray loosely here and he's like, it's like waves. And the 1st wave that we're experiencing right now is housing, but there's this 2nd wave that comes after that that's much bigger and that's called childcare. And it was just kind of this interesting, um, community, uh, introspection. An analysis, and it's really kind of led the way for a lot of our engagement as the chamber, because it's true. And kind of to the other question you ask, why? Why locally? I mean, I think part of why our childcare availability is so. In crisis is because of our home prices like I do think that they are tied together, and this speaks into some of the other components of the number of families that are waiting to get housing services like these two crises are part of the same storm they're uniquely separate impacts to the Community, but they are tied together.
0: I love that guy you know makes me think of. um, Like one of the things that I love most about the healthy children's fund is that it's local and sometimes we look as a community at at some of these problems that we're facing whether it's homelessness or crime or lack of childcare or uh, um unaffordable housing or just lack of housing access uh and we think but we're spending so much money right like aren't we spending so much money on these issues um and and in some ways we are we aren't spending enough to fix the problems we do know that when we target resources at a specific problem with solutions those things tend to get better we see that happening all the time but then we shift priority and it's like this game of whack-a-mole and and one of the things that happens in our community is that a large proportion of the funds that we spend on those issues come to us from the state and the federal government and they come with restrictions and that oftentimes hinders and doesn't match what the needs are in our local community throughout Wacom county and so what one of the things that i love most about the healthy children's fund is that it is locally controlled it has accountability and citizen oversight so that there is flexibility to actually deploy the resources in the way that are going to make the biggest return on the goals of the healthy children's fund and and it allows us to really leverage and be creative with the things that are really going to meet the needs of our families here in whatcom county
1: I'm glad you raised the point about accountability, because that's a really important part of this measure is the way that the the sort of structure of accountability that's written into it. I'm going to talk about that, um, but let's take a break first and and, uh, do do it when we come back.
3: The City of Bellingham and their partner agencies are committed to protecting mobility for all on our city streets. This fall, please make a commitment to avoid distracted driving and travel with care to protect the students, pedestrians and cyclists that are sharing the streets with you.
2: I remember when dashing across the street was effortless. These days, my walking speed is, well, I'm doing my best to keep up with the little grandkids. So I'm thankful for the patient drivers who wait when I'm in the crosswalk. I still enjoy a good walk, especially when I know the drivers are watching out for me. You make Bellingham even better when you travel with care.
3: Learn more about Bellingham's Travel with Care campaign by visiting the City of Bellingham online at cob.org and search for protecting mobility for all. Together with your help, we can keep everyone on our city streets safe. As a police officer for 25 years, Tasha Dykstra-Thompson was a voice for those someone tried to silence. As our representative, Tasha will once again be a voice for those who've been ignored because Olympia is ignoring our students who've fallen behind. They don't care that their extreme policies have made things less safe and less affordable. But Tasha is different. With Tasha Dykstra-Thompson, we will finally have a representative who will fight for us.
1: I'm Tasha Dykstra-Thompson. Families in our community should be able to afford a home here, but government regulations can add up to $50,000 to the price of an average home. And property taxes keep going up, even if your income goes down. My plan calls for cuts to property taxes and reducing regulations that add to the cost of a home. Read my plan at Tasha.com. That's T A W S H A dot com. Paid for by friends of Tasha Dykster Thompson. Welcome back to the Whatcom Report on KGMI News Talk 790. I'm talking to Guy and Emily about the uh, Healthy Children's Fund proposition five, which will be on your ballot in November. Uh, so uh, one of the things about this, you know, um, fund that is unique is the accountability that's built into it. it. It really is none of the accountability structures on their own are particularly novel, but in combination, they make a really powerful structure to ensure that, um, uh, you know, the thing works. It does what, you know, it, it, it is intended to do. So, um, Emily, you and I work together part of drafting it. Could you walk us through the the structures of accountability, what they are, how they how they interact with each other?
0: Yeah, you know this was a really a wild ride and a great learning opportunity in thinking about how do we craft an ordinance that can uh, do all the things that we want it to do And I think one of the places where we run into trouble is if we try to operate in a silo. So government has its perspective, nonprofit has its perspective, business has its perspective and the community, has its own experiences. And what we really wanted to see was the best ideas across the board built into one ordinance so that all of the parts can work in concert with each other to see that the intention and the outcomes and the deliverables of the ordinance actually land in the community the way they were intended. These are precious resources cultivated from the citizens of Whatcom County deployed on behalf of the community and it's important for us to do that responsibly so proposition five the healthy children's fund uh, really has three components it has your basic government uh, administration run through at this point the health department administering the dollars issuing contracts making sure contracts are um, issued in accordance with allowable components and are followed through on so that part is a fairly basic core function in addition this uh, ordinance has and this is the part that i i think i i like the most it has it requires oversight from a citizen advisory body and in this case we have this lovely opportunity with the child and family well-being task force that's been up and operating for what right more than 2 years now right
3: yeah. um
0: and that body is charged with a few things but one of the things that it's that it does it is is that it is it's leading a every two year thorough review and evaluation of the performance of the dollars against the original intent of the ordinance and so it asks um, it requires the fund requires that that independent body utilize an external source to come in and evaluate here was the intention of the fund here were the actual ways, the actual programs and services that were funded, and then let's look at the numbers and see if it's having the impact and making the difference that was intended. And so every two years, a really robust review of outcomes that then provides that constant feedback into the system about what's working, what's working really well, what needs to be refined, where are we still uh, missing or not quite getting as much progress as we wanted. And it allows us to adapt the fund to really maximize the impact in the community. And the third component of the governance structure here is Wacom County Council. And these are our elected officials who are elected to represent all of Whatcom County through their various districts and uh, really have the oversight to look at both of the other components and approve and provide input on the spending priorities and the implementation of the fund itself. And that is, uh, that's a different model than we have for other funds and we're really excited to see what that type of collaboration can do in terms of accountability and effectiveness of a levy like the healthy children's fund
3: jump in there guy yeah i I think one of the components that i'm really um excited about appreciative of uh when it comes to the design of this comes in um, as as a human but also as an organization like anti-tax is is not is not a feasible thing like we need taxes to fund roads and police and military and and other infrastructure needs right um but i'm enough fiscal conservative to say gosh i don't want these dollars being wasted or being spent frivolously and i do think the model is really unique and i think if you share that um frustration with bureaucracy let's say that uh maybe worry about government overspend i'm really excited about this model uh because i think and correct me if i'm wrong because i am not on the author of the actual document but on average over the first 10 years less than 10 percent of the fund pays for the government administration and this oversight committee or the which will be probably an analysis a report right so less yeah. than 10% covers all of that
0: yeah it's actually it's 6% for administration so if you think about the just the general how do we administer the dollars and make sure they're being spent appropriately that is 6% and we modeled that after the city's uh housing levy the housing fund and that's a pretty low administrative rate but it felt really important to us that the Large majority, vast majority of these funds really end up in the community. And it allows for an additional 3%, which gets to that total of uh, nine, up to 3% for that really robust evaluation performance measure reporting on the progress and the effectiveness of the fund implementation.
3: Yeah. And so that tells me that the dollars that are going to be collected are going to be spent on projects that enhance and provide capacity. That's what that means to me, which is a big reason why um, I've endorsed it. Our board at the chamber has endorsed it, um, and that's a big component. Is it's, it's we're actually going to collect these dollars, a lot from the business community through property tax, um, and it's going to be spent to solve the problem.
1: You you brought up, guy, that the, the chamber, um, chamber of commerce chose to endorse Proposition Five. That's that's not. Um super common for the, the
3: yeah chamber the chamber is not known to endorse taxes all the time but, <laughs> but, uh, but, it has happened and, again, it's, it's, <laughs> it, it, and it has happened because again a, we're going to be releasing a, a blog article and it's you know a big component is as a chamber we're not anti-tax we've we've never been anti-tax like chambers have built physical bridges before for communities you don't do that without taxation taxation gets to solve the problems that sometimes market options can't and we already talked about that and so this is an opportunity where i think a tax can go and leverage private resources and private opportunities uh solving a community problem that the market can't solve and doing so really efficiently with those dollars and so yes the the chamber board of directors along with our government affairs uh, committee both endorsed uh, this initiative
1: who, who else is endorsed? Are there other 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 community leaders uh, organizations that have endorsed um, already? Emily.
0: Oh my gosh, it's such a long. List Um, And I would encourage anybody else listening to to check out the full list. It's well over 300 individuals and businesses from cross sector. So lots of nonprofits like Lydia Place and Skookum Kids uh, and the Y and the Boys and Girls Club and so on, Um, but but also a lot of local businesses uh, and over 100 physicians. Uh, in our community and a lot of elected officials, folks from, you know, the criminal justice system across our public sector. Um, And that's one of the things that I love most is that this has been an area that we've been able to unite on and so much feels like divides us these days. This is something we can come together and really agree on. Figuring out how to make smart investments in prevention in our community is so important to the end goal that we all want to see which is all of those things that require crisis response get to go down when we take care of kids. And um you know the thing i've been thinking about most ray is that you know we all get to we check one box on our ballot. It's either yes or it's no. So yes to this healthy children's fund or no to the healthy children's fund. But really what we're choosing between are two options. We're choosing either this little sort of average uh, average assessed value property owner of seven-ish dollars per month or this really large cost to the community, to the businesses, to the individuals, to the families of not providing these core services and not investing in the infrastructure that we need to have a healthy, thriving community. And um, that's that's something I've been thinking a lot about, and I'm really excited about the opportunity this provides.
1: The, for folks who want to learn more uh about it that the, the uh the, the proposition website is yeswatcomkids.com so you can read all about the ordinance um see the full list of endorsers um, there's an faq page there where if you have a specific question you can you can pose it uh the campaign team um that's pretty pretty responsive and snappy so um uh so there you have it we can uh pay for it now Uh, By investing in kids, or we can pay for it much later um, by trying to deal with uh, the debris of um, uh, not caring for kids. Right. Yeah. Okay. Thank you both for taking the time. And thank uh, you, Ray.
3: Thank you. Thanks, guys.